Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. It's the 1st of December, the start of summer, and just a handful of weeks until the end of a pretty extraordinary year for the global economy and financial markets. I wanted to have a look at some of the main economic forces that drove financial markets this year and how investors have navigated that volatility. Without doubt, one of the main themes of 2022 has been inflation. But yesterday, we saw the monthly consumer price index come in softer than expected for October. Remember, this is general information only, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. David Bassanese is the Chief Economist at Beta Shares, which is a supporter of this podcast. David, welcome back to Fearing Green. Great to be with you again, Sean. So what do you make of yesterday's CPI data, which was weaker than expected, and where do you think inflation is at the moment more generally? Well, I mean, I think it is uh, it is peaking. I mean, if you look at the monthly run of the inflation numbers, we now get a monthly CPI uh, here in Australia. And if you look at the, I guess, you know, the annualised monthly increases, they got up around about 6% mid-year. And now they're starting to drop back down closer to 5%. So, you know, I think the the worst is over in terms of the inflation peak. The only question now is, you know, how quickly does it fall back toward the sort of 2 to 3% band? But certainly it's, you know, starting to move in the right direction. And uh, yeah, so that's a pretty, pretty, I think, reassuring news for the Reserve Bank and hopefully for, for the economy and, and those concerned about the interest rate outlook. I want to get onto what 2022 is all about and what 2023 is going to be about, but I just for the moment want to stick with the last few weeks really and what happened yesterday. What's it mean for interest rates in Australia? Well, I mean, I think the RBA is still likely to raise rates somewhat more. I mean, I still think they are going to raise rates at the next meeting by by 25. I mean, there was a small risk they might have gone by 50, but I think we are getting to the tail end of the the likely rate increases. I've got them raising rates twice more in the first half of next year. And I think with this number, like there is a risk that they actually pause, you know, I think they, they don't necessarily want to get rates all the way up and then just do nothing thereafter. I think they do want to maybe keep people thinking about inflation, keep thinking about, you know, the potential for higher interest rates, but maybe drag out the process over which they they are raising rates. So in that sense, you know, I think they could go in December and then potentially pause for a few months in the first half of next year and just see what happens. And then, you know, if the economy does remain resilient, real spending in particular, then nudge rates up a little bit further. Uh, I think they're also conscious of the US outlook as well, which is, gives them another reason to potentially pause in, in the new year. Yeah, so I mean, financial markets particularly follow the US inflation slash rate situation very, very closely. Whereas while the Reserve Bank has kind of taken its foot off the accelerator, we're still going forward, but we're just taking the foot off the accelerator. The US hasn't quite done that yet, but it might. Look, it might. I think the, the Fed are a little bit they're more hawkish still than the Reserve Bank. So the, the Fed are likely to raise rates 50 points or half a percent at their next meeting in December. And the markets are still looking at for another you know 50 to potentially 75 uh, in the first half of next year. So the big difference between Australia and the US is that wages growth in the US is notably higher than in Australia. So they are more concerned that the, the hot labour market can uh, underpin a higher level of inflation. Whereas, again, in Australia, wages are picking up, but they're still relatively low, you know, around about 3% or so, whereas in the US, it's closer to 5 or 6%. Stay with me, David. We'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is David Bassanese, Chief Economist at BetaShares. 
Okay, 2022 was all about energy prices and energy spikes, inflation, interest rates. Do you think 2023 will be about recessions or near recessions? Look, I unfortunately do, and it goes back to the US. Basically, the US has got a red-hot labour market. Wages growth is running uh, well above levels consistent with their 2% target. And uh, unless wage inflation miraculously falls, you know, without the unemployment rate going up, which, you know, seems unlikely, you need that unemployment rate to go up to take pressure off wages and hence inflation. So that means the economy needs to slow. And uh, when you do get that slowing, it's very hard to fine tune that. So uh, I think the, uh, the, yeah, the risk is the US does need to tumble into a recession. We can debate whether it'll be severe or, 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 or mild, but a recession is a recession and that's certainly not sort of priced into markets yet. I guess maybe, you know, the theme of this year has been very aggressive central bank rate rises, which hurt bond markets, uh, which in turn hurt the equity market. So it pushed down valuations, earnings growth held up. Uh, I think next year is going to be where bond markets stop, you know, underperforming. As growth slows, uh, you actually, you know, bond yields will start to, 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 to ease and you may get better returns from bonds. But the downside pressure on equities may persist for a while because we're going to get downside on the earnings side. Whereas this year, it was mainly valuations that took the hit. Next year, it's probably going to be earnings, certainly in the first half of the year, at least. And, and that's because we just haven't seen a drop in revenue come through. We haven't seen profit margins squeezed as much as you might expect, given rates have been rising so quickly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, look, we've had one of the worst bond market sell-offs globally uh, in history. And and one of the reasons is that they've raised rates, but the economy, broadly speaking, and I'm talking US and Australia here, uh, has remained fairly resilient. So consumer spending, uh, employment growth are yet to buckle. And so that meant that they've, you know, kept kept raising rates. But eventually, you know, I think those higher rates will take their toll on the economy as we head into next year. How important are two other things, the conflict in Ukraine and what that means for energy, the first one, and then China's COVID zero policy and what that means. I mean, from social unrest through to, you know, purchases of, of iron ore, how important for an investor, how much should they be thinking about those two things, energy crisis slash Ukraine and China? Yeah, so in the, in the main, it's still true that the US drive global markets. So, you know, well, for example, if, if Europe has a recession next year due to high energy prices, but the US manages to avoid a recession, i.e. has a soft landing, I think equity markets can do quite well. So it's really the US that's going to drive the broad trends in markets. What happens in China, what happens in Europe kind of affects things at the margin, I would say, you know, whether or not Europe outperforms or underperforms uh, vis-a-vis the US market. But I guess my, my take, firstly on the Europe, I mean, we're in a war of attrition, you know, between Russia and U- Ukraine. Europe have tried hard to economise on on their use of gas. They've bought up gas and, and, and filled up their storage tanks to get through the winter. But if the war drags on into next year, they're still going to face, you know, energy shortages and, and, and a rebound in energy prices there. So, you know, Europe remains in a world of pain. Uh, and we're just sort of waiting to see, you know, how the Russia-Ukraine war plays out. I mean, ultimately, to me, it seems like, you know, Russia's going to be the one that's going to have to uh, capitulate here. Ukraine seems to be pretty well supported. So it's either, you know, Russia capitulates either with or without Putin. We'll see how that plays out. In terms of China, I mean, unlike the, my key takeaway there is unlike the GFC where the US went into recession you know, the global financial crisis a decade ago, and China sort of pump-primed its economy and, and helped support our economy. 
look, they're in a world of pain of their own because they're trying to get out of a zero COVID strategy, which is not easy because the first thing it will happen is you'll get a, an absolute surge in cases and, and, and deaths. And uh, there's no real way of getting around that because vaccination rates uh, in China are quite low. Plus, they've got a, you know, a property trying to nurse a property bubble uh, along. They've relied a lot on uh, high rise residential construction and there's been an excess degree of building. It's been important for regional development, but it's, you know, it, it's a bubble that they, you know, they're trying to manage. On the one hand, they need that growth. On the other hand, it, it, it's contributing to um, to debt levels and it's contributing to, you know, basically, you know, mis- misuse of resources. So, yeah, so I just don't see China coming to the rescue uh, in the way that they did uh, a decade ago during the GFC. Okay. So, You've alluded to the fact that we've had both bond and equity sell-offs, which is very difficult for investors. We know where do you put your money. Going forward, 2023, and of course, Beta Shares specialises in exchange-traded funds, which kind of means investors in Beta Shares are going to be thinking more about broad trends rather than stock-specific, obviously. What should they be thinking about? So if I'm an investor and I'm interested in an ETF, what are some of the themes that are worth considering? Well, I mean, again, if you if it's a, a year in which global growth slows, the impact of the higher interest rates that we've endured this year finally starts to slow economic growth, then bonds, I think, are, start, are looking attractive. And again, with ETFs, you can invest in equity markets, but you can also invest in um, fixed income bonds. In mm. fact, it's the it's made it much easier to invest in bonds. ETFs have pro- arguably been as great for investing in bonds as they've been for equities because uh, it's been very hard to access bonds for investors uh, before the advent of ETFs. Now you can just buy them on the exchange. So, so longer duration fixed rate bonds, bond indices, you can lock in a you know, pretty attractive yield on, on things like long duration uh, corporate bonds, uh, like our CRED ETF. If you want government bonds, there's the AGVT, long duration government bond ETF. And so as, as bond yields, A, you can lock in a decent yield now, and as bond, when and if bond yields start to fall as growth slows, you, you will then get capital gains on those bonds as well. So um, that's something to think about. Now, as we get through the downturn, I think, you know, value will emerge in the equity market. And I think as we get on top of inflation, the growth technology parts of the market, which were beaten up last year, uh, will also start to look attractive. So things like our, you know, the NASDAQ again, NDQ is uh, our ETF that tracks the NASDAQ, for example, you know, I think we'll see, you know, re- re- renewed interest in those uh, long, longer-term growth thematics. Fantastic. David, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Thanks very much, Sean. That was David Bassanese, Chief Economist at BetaShares, a supporter of this podcast. Head to betashares.com.au for more. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Remember, this information is general in nature and doesn't consider your personal circumstances. You should get professional advice before making investment decisions. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day.